When it comes to streaming your church services, there really are some innovative things you can do that won't cost you a lot of money. In fact, may not cost you any money at all. We'll learn more from an expert next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome, folks, to episode number 377 to the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey, the Wildcat Nation today is kind of sad and kind of Yes, I um it's kind of interesting. I didn't go there, but I've paid for 16 years of tuition there. So I feel like I'm more a part of my, of this, of U of A, University of Arizona, than I am my own alma mater. And yes, I did every year. I put together the dream bracket and it has Arizona facing Texas in the final game. And I did it again this year. And I thought for sure that, wow, both of them are really strong and maybe it'll happen, but yeah. Yeah. My hopes have been dashed. They yeah, lost well, first round. That's that's too bad. Well, Arizona, well, in case people don't know, we're talking about the, uh, the tournament, and Arizona got knocked off again. But uh, anyhow, let's move on to better things. Today's guest, we have a guest today. Today's guest is uh, known for his pioneering work uh, in worship design and uh, guest readiness. Uh, he's devoted the last two decades uh, to resource development, to training people, to coaching, consulting for local churches, all shapes, sizes, and styles. He's written 10 books, and his latest book is called And Slash Both. And, and that's, that's a forward slash, both. Or the other way around, Phil. Don't mix it up. Oh, I, oh, I mixed man. it up, didn't I? I mixed it up. It's both slash and. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that in a moment here, but both both slash and, I don't know if that's how you say it, but but uh, the full title is Maximizing Hybrid Worship Experiences for In-Person and Online Engagement. So uh, please welcome everybody, Jason Moore, to the Church Solutions Podcast. Jason, how are you today? I am doing good slash and great. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sorry I screwed up your title. So both. So when you, when you tell your title, when you say yeah. your title, how do you say it? Just both and. You don't okay. have to throw the. You can throw the slash in if you'd like, but you don't have to. All right. So people are looking for it on Amazon or something. Both. So it's called both and, and then yes. maximizing hybrid worship experiences for in person. All right. So all right. So sorry, I already goofed things up for you, but uh, don't worry. You got the name right. And yeah. and for what it's worth, not that it really matters that much. I think I might, you might have an older bio because I, I, this is actually my twelfth book now. So I'm oh, wow. I'm not at ten anymore. I'm at I'm at twelve and and wow. working on number thirteen. So wow, it's, wow, uh, that, that is that's moving. You are you you are uh, really cranking things out here. So well, good. Well, we're glad to have you on today. Well, good to be here. Uh, I must admit that I really enjoyed reading your book. I normally do audio, but I, I actually read yours. My wife gives me a hard time because she'll say, you know, I read that book. She's like, what do you mean? You listen to it, right? And I go, no, I read it. But yes, yours is actually I, physical print. Audio books have been a great gift, you know. Uh, for me, uh, I like it because I do a lot of graphic design, uh, media production, 
and I can both listen to a book and work at the same time. And I can't, you know, you can't read a book and do other work at the same time. So I, I really like the audiobook thing. It's a cool yeah. thing. I used to have in a, in a former life, a long commute and I did books on tape before there were audiobooks, oh, yeah. you know, online. And I, I was a member of the local store and go grab my cassette tapes to pop into my car on my commute. And that migrated yeah. to audiobooks. But yeah. Yeah. So great. I really enjoyed it. So let's Thank get you. started. You, the title of the book is Both And. What does that mean uh, for the church? What's the book? What's it about? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, uh, so many churches found themselves uh, forced online when the pandemic showed up. And uh, while we had some early adopters out there, you know, all the late majority all all jumped in about almost exactly three years ago, uh, you know, to the to the week. Yeah, we so remember we it well. Yeah. Wow. It was two yeah. days ago. As March know, 15th it, went down in infamy it, for me. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Um and, you know, the reality is that a lot of folks just put a camera in the back of the room and went about business as usual. Um, although there was this period of time where, because there was no one in the room, we brought the camera up a little closer and we began to talk to people at home and create, create an experience of worship where people in their homes online actually felt like they were worshiping with us. And, um, you know, the reason I wrote the book is that as people started to come back to the building, I think that we started to lose sight of the fact that we were creating an experience for people at home, especially during that uh, lockdown period. And so what I've been trying to get people to do through the book, and then I've, I've done a lot of training and consultation work uh, in both end, is to create an experience where people, people both in the room and online feel like they are uh, equal participants that we don't have the people in the room acting as the studio audience for the people at home and we don't have the people at home acting as spectators for what we're doing in the building and so um, i'm a big believer that we don't want people to watch worship at home we want them to worship online uh, we don't want them to be viewers we want them to be participants and so the book aims to help churches of any size of any uh, technical savvy of any budget really reimagine the experience of worship so that uh, we no one feels like an afterthought we're all we're all a part of it so a lot of churches have um i mean you you look at the title and you think wow sounds like a lot of work right you want me to do both and uh, where i was willing to you know get rid of this streaming thing actually one of the interesting stats that we've come across recently and and you're right that we had maybe 20% of the churches streaming and then COVID hit and everybody was streaming, but still churches are still, um, are still streaming. Some have moved away from it. Um, so why do both and, um, well, if I'm, my staff's limited and why do both? Yeah. Well, for me, it, it, I start in the very first passage of the book, uh, by by quoting the Great Commission, you know, that we are to take the gospel to people everywhere, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, it's a little harder to do baptism online, um, but but we have the opportunity now to really live into the Great Commission in a way that I think maybe uh, we didn't before. I'm working with um, churches of all sizes, but I work with a lot of small and medium-sized churches, 
Uh, in fact, in, in my world, I, I work a lot with the Methodists and I work with churches, pastors who have two point charges. You know, the, they're the pastor of two small rural churches. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really using this hybrid to reach more people. And so I, one story I heard early in the pandemic was that a church that had about 50 people weekly in person were now regularly reaching about 550 online through their hybrid ministry. I know one church here in Ohio where I live uh, who broadcasts from their living room every week and they have 1500 people that are regularly participating they are giving, they are doing online Bible study, you know, all of those kinds of things. And so I don't think that hybrid was just a Band-Aid to get us through the pandemic in a time where people couldn't be physically gathered, but really it is the new wineskin for the time that we live in today. Our core values haven't changed, but the way that we express them, the way that we do worship has to look different than it did prior to the pandemic. And, and I'll just address one other thing uh, that you said there uh, for a moment, because I had a pastor just recently say to me, Jason, we're thinking about shutting down our online worship. And I said, well, why would you do that? And he said, well, we want people to come back to the building. And I said, friend, while I appreciate the sentiment and, and the thinking behind that, if my favorite restaurant stops offering delivery service, it doesn't mean I'm going to get in the car and drive to the restaurant every time I would like to eat the food from that place, I'm going to find somebody else that delivers because in the rhythm of my life, which has changed the last few years, I don't always have time to stop what I'm doing during the day, get in the car and drive to where this restaurant is. Um, but I do have the opportunity. Um, and it's not that worship should only be convenient, but what I'm saying right. is there's some shifts that have happened um, in our world that, um, that I think we have to not bury our heads in the sand but really embrace. And uh, so just simply turning off your hybrid worship isn't going to mean people come back. And, and the final thought here is that I've had encountered so many churches that have told me they've had more guests or visitors or new people in the building since the pandemic began and they worshiped online than they had prior to the pandemic because people can now check us out, decide if they like the flavor of what we're offering, and then uh, migrate to the building. So um, I guess so, I guess that's a long answer, but uh, yeah. that's that's why I think we got to continue. So you mentioned one thing at the beginning of this. You said you know so uh, churches stuck a camera in the back of the the sanctuary, and and you have one of your chapters talking about reimagining worship, and you talked about book to film, and this is kind of along the heart of the whole book that I yeah. I got out of it is that. You know, to talk more about you know what the book to film idea, sure, and and sure. those that maybe currently just have a camera in the back of their sanctuary. Yeah, well, I think most of us would admit that uh, if you've ever read a book, and you've gone to see the film adaptation, most of us don't really like the film as much as we like the book. Um, they often do a poor job of sort of translating the story, or they leave out our favorite part, or whatever. Uh, there are some examples where um, the book is actually better or the film is better than the book i i think forrest gump was from what i understand not a very good book great film you know jurassic park that's good book but really really great film willy wonka you know there's some of those movies that you you hear but um i talk about in the book the idea that if we are going to reimagine what we're doing and move from this idea of book to film 
um, you have to adapt the story some. You have to adapt the way you do worship. So practices like offering and prayer and um, uh, sacraments, you know, how do we do communion and all those kind of things. We have to reimagine how we do those things. We have to consolidate. Uh, we have short attention spans. And while we can go for an hour or more in a physical space where we're all gathered together, oftentimes people who worship online aren't going to sit for an entire hour. They're not going to sing all the songs. They're not going to participate in the same way. So one of the things I talk about in the book is the idea of creating a curated version of worship. Uh, so maybe you don't have every single piece in the online portion. Um, go ahead. It looks like you have some. No, no. <laughs> Continue on here. Okay. All right. I, I, I thought maybe you had a, a response. I was um, getting distracted. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, and um, so consolidate, adapt, um, and, and, and then reimagine, like, we've got to figure out what are our rites and rituals now that we aren't just in the building. And I think that uh, too often, what I've been saying more recently, and I'm not sure that this made it into the book, but I continue to teach on this, uh, is that there are three ways that people participate right now. Right now in the building with us, that's the first way. Right now at home with us, those who are streaming online, and the third way that we don't give enough attention to are those who worship with us later online. And there are a growing number of people who now don't worship on Sunday, but might worship later on that day because they work on Sunday or maybe on Monday, or or I might find something a month after you preached it because I put a Google a keyword into Google or into, into YouTube, and all of a sudden it brings up your sermon and I'm experiencing it then. And all of our language tends to favor the first group, those who are physically present in the room. Uh, so I don't think that you have to have, you know, uh, dollies and boom arms and five cameras and, you know, a crew and all those kinds of things to be effective in your hybrid ministry. I've seen churches just use a smartphone and intentional language to make people feel like they're part of it at home. So what I mean by the language is that we'll say things like, Let's stand together for the reading of scripture. Or let's stand together as we sing. Well, the people in their living rooms are not standing in that moment. You know, if I'm in my hotel room on vacation, but worshiping with my church at home, I'm not going to stand. Uh, but I think it's just a little indicator to folks who aren't physically present that when you say, let's stand, let's sit, uh, that you're not thinking of them. So what if you instead use language that's more like, if you're here in the building, I'm going to invite you to stand. If you're worshiping with us online right now, we're going to invite you to find a posture that will allow you to fully participate. Or we might say, let's stand in body or in spirit. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I just did a consultation uh, today with the church online, with their online worship, and uh, they were doing what we call in my tradition, the, the benediction, which is like the blessing at the end of the service. And oftentimes I hear in a benediction, as we go from here today, and it's like, well, not everyone's here. Some of them are there. So what if we were to say, as we go from here or wherever we are today, go in the, you know, and then give them whatever that blessing is. Remember that there are multiple ways that people are participating. And I guess the last one I would say is when we invite people into things like prayer, you know, if you'd like to pray with someone, you can come down here to the front. We've got someone that would love to pray with you. If you're worshiping with us online, you could put your prayer request in the chat. And if you're worshiping with us at a later time, you can drop your prayer request in an email and someone will pray for you or even reach out and pray with you this week if you'd like to. So 
let's start to to really lean into the idea that worship i guess my new way of saying it is that worship is here and there and now and later it's here in the room with us wherever we're at it's there wherever people are worshiping online it's right now as we're doing it on sunday or whatever day you worship and it's also later when people encounter it on online. Right. And what you're really so, saying here is, you know, pastors and people on the platform need to recognize the online, the online yes. viewers, right? They, they need to yeah. recognize them and keep them in mind, right? Uh, whenever whatever they're doing, talking or whether they're asking people to read a scripture together, it, it's really keeping it's 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 expanding your fact that hey, there's more than just a you know, 100 people or 200 people in this building. Yes. There's people outside this building watching us right now or maybe later. Right. And yeah. and uh, as going back to the idea of just being a camera in the back of the room, you know, when somebody, when your camera's in your balcony or at the very far back of the room and someone is just a speck on the screen and you can barely make out facial features, you don't feel much connection. And one of the things we have to reclaim that I think many of us did during the lockdown portion of the pandemic is that we had the camera up close. So I've been trying to get people to think about not thinking of the camera as a camera. It is not just metal glass and microchips. It is a portal into the experience for people who are worshiping outside of that space. Uh, I just posted something this week on Facebook about watching the Oscars and just being very in aware of how uh, if you watch during the Oscars, um, first of all, most of the shots are like waist ahead. They do have wide shots. They do have shots of the crowd, but most of the shots are like from waist ahead. The presenter, um, the people winning awards, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, all of that. Um, and if you see some of the shots, there's a, there are actually some shots where there's like a, a crane that's kind of booming around them. And you see that there's actually a camera right in front of the the podium where the mic comes up and there's a teleprompter there and all that um and you know the people in the room are aware of that but they're also aware the people that are sitting in the, the theater are aware that the the program isn't just for them so nobody's lamenting that camera up there they recognize that there are i don't know how many hundred people in that theater but then there are uh millions of people i would assume uh watching that program and and uh the analogy I use in the book is that um, it's like football or any professional sporting event. We've got the people in the stadium who are doing the wave and they're buying the, uh, you know, hot dogs and Cracker Jacks and all that stuff. Um, and you have one experience in the stadium and then there's a, a production crew and commentators. And it's the same game that's happening in real time that is thinking about two different ways that people participate. Uh, so you don't have to be super slick. You just have to remember, as you said, that, they, that you have an, an audience that's bigger than just the people that are physically with you. Yeah, that that illustration really jumped out to me. I mean, there was a couple of things. One was you talk about people are not going to get up in the middle of your service and walk out. You know, they're less likely to do that than they are to get up and run to the fridge when they're watching online. So there's different levels of distraction and ability to move about. But then you talked about how the the football one really struck me. And the illustration about somebody gets injured on the field, there's not a camera hovering around for 10 minutes while, you know, they're trying to take care of this guy on the field. It's the focus is on the online audience. And so there's they cut away to announcers talking or do these other things or, you know, go to commercial or whatever. 
So there's a really special treatment for that online audience that I think people that are streaming for churches right now don't really recognize it. I think they kind of take an attitude of here's a window into what we're doing. And, oh, we're, you know, if it doesn't fit what your environment is, oh, well, because this is what we're doing. We're just letting you watch. So that was a really, really key thing that I thought a lot of churches could really take away. Yeah, I call that alternate moments in the book that when you have something happening in the room that doesn't translate to online, you might create an alternate moment or an alternate experience for those who are at home. So, for instance, uh, when it comes time for communion, uh, you know, you may have a line of 100 people, 200 people, whatever, who are all coming up to receive their elements. Well, if I'm sitting in my living room, I don't want to just watch three or five or, you know, however many minutes of that happening, I'm going to, I am going to go to the fridge or I'm going to, I'm going to tune out or I might even turn it off and forget to turn it back on or whatever. But if you show a video during that time that keeps people engaged, or I know one, one church where the pastor isn't that technically uh, sophisticated that he could play a video. But what he does is he actually has the, his mic on in the room that goes to the speakers in the room. Um, and then he has another mic on that is for the online broadcast. So they kind of mic it separately. And when the time comes for him to invite people up to receive communion, they turn off the mic in the room and they keep the one on for the camera. And he's got other people that are serving communion down front. And he looks directly at the camera. And for that entire time, he will say, for those of you who are worshiping online with us right now, we're engaged in what we call Holy Communion. And that is a, and he goes into the explanation of the ritual and he watches what's happening and he'll just basically, I mean, he'll have some some ideas in his pocket. So I remember the first time I ever received communion and what that meant to me. And uh, years ago, I went on a trip to the Holy Land. And so he's got all this stuff ready. And when the room is done, he will say, okay, well, uh, we're going to re-engage here in our worship. And uh, and then they'll turn his other mic back on and say, let's pray together. And then the online congregation and those in the room are now reunited in the experience. But for that entire three minutes, he was doing something for those who are worshiping online that kept them engaged while other things were happening in the room. We, uh, we've been beating this drum for a long time. I, I remember yeah. when I was the church online guy at uh, Steve's church. Uh, we had me in a separate room, and we had just a an older switcher, and so we switched from the uh, the video in the auditorium to yeah. a camera in front of me, uh, giving announcements that were relative to the people online, uh, talking about donating online and private request online, and you know today it's really not that expensive to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's you know the prices of equipment and stuff have gone down quite a bit and it's really not too hard to switch over to somebody else like you're just saying but, but what you mentioned there with the the second microphone that's interesting that, that's a very uh that's definitely very innovative i mean just to have a different microphone I, I hadn't thought about that before but that's that's something that maybe some of our people could use <laughs> yeah well it's the first person i'd ever heard of that was doing it and i thought it was pretty brilliant too and he was like it doesn't cost us it didn't really cost us all that much more i mean they had a second mic but uh yeah. it's it's a creative way to do things yeah yeah, yeah. so, so you, can, you also talked about in the book and where i was going to get to the kind of the second half of the book as well but you talk about um attention spans in person versus you know online and creating um packaging what you're presenting 
for the online audience. I think you had some stats that I think were, I, I read in your book and in other books, what's the, you know, optimum link for the online viewer versus the com- one coming in in person. Tell us more about that. Sure. Well, years ago, um, I think it was actually tw- late 2020. Um, I was invited to speak, <clears throat> excuse me, at a, um, an online event for online church planters. And this was still when we were, you know, in the heart of the pandemic, uh, near the beginning of it, really. And um, they brought on a gal named Nona Jones. Uh, Nona, for a long time, was uh, the director of faith-based partnerships at Facebook, uh, now Meta. Uh, she's actually moved on to a, a new position, um, uh, I think, with the folks that uh, at Life Church TV. I think she's working with the the Bible uh, app now. Uh, but anyway, Nona had access to the Facebook analytics and stats and all that stuff. And what they found was that, at least at that time, the threshold was about 40 minutes. And after 40 minutes, people would turn it off, regardless really of what was happening, whether that was in the middle of the sermon or uh, prayer time or whatever. Um, that's about as much as people could could handle. Um, she actually said in the training that I, I was speaking at, but listening when she was teaching, I was <laughs> taking notes and learning just a just like everyone else. And she said the sweet spot is really between 25 and 35 minutes for online worship if you really want to engage people in the whole thing. So in my book, I talk about three different ways to do hybrid. I call it pre-both-and worship, real-time both-and worship, and what I call post-both-and worship. Uh, pre is the idea that you might pre-record your online worship experience and and never the twain shall meet. So you're not actually going to stream your worship in person you're going to pre-record. So you're going to preach that sermon on camera. I suggest less in the way of music because what I've found in doing seminars for the last three years is most people say they don't really sing all that much. I'm not saying leave out music completely, but maybe you do one abbreviated song or or two sh- very short songs or whatever. Uh, but people aren't, aren't going to participate in the same way uh, after the fact. So pre-record your sermon, some music, and, and basically edit a... 25 to 30 minute worship experience online and then you can do what you always did in the room and and have it go as long as you'd like to and schedule Uh, it at the same time as the that's that's what a lot of churches that i've worked with um have done is that like we worship at 9 a.m and 11 a.m online and we that video goes live at 9 a.m and 11 a.m the second way then is what i call real-time both-and worship and that's the idea that you're live streaming and um in this model, I even give them a way of doing like a 30-minute pocket within an hour-long service. So what if you don't bring your online audience in until maybe the last song? So you're going to sing four songs or whatever. You're going to bring them in right before song number one. Uh, so you might say, hey, we want to welcome those of you who are worshiping with this online. And that comes partway into that service. You sing one song together. The middle of the service is basically broadcast. Uh, mm-hmm. So the song, maybe the prayer, scripture, sermon. And then after the sermon, what if you said, hey, if you're worshiping with us online, thanks for coming today. Uh, we're going to continue on in our worship here in the room. And then at least you get a chance to say goodbye to them uh, before you sing another song and offer you know, some announcements or whatever you're going to do. So basically create an hour-long service with a 30- or 40-minute pocket in the middle of it in real time. Um, and there's a whole lot more I get into in the book on how to do that. Yeah. And then the... The last model um, is what I call post both and worship. And that's the idea that you, and this might work really well in a smaller church that doesn't even have internet in the building, 
you have the cameras in the room you, or a camera in the room. Uh, you record, you, you do what you do for the live experience with cameras running. You remember to talk to those people, even though you're not streaming it at that moment. And then uh, after the fact, you post it. You can even edit that down to be just right. a sermon and a couple things. Um, there's a church I write about in the book. I always say their name tells you everything you need to know about them. Their name is Farmersville United Methodist Church. Uh, so they're in the middle of nowhere. They don't have a big budget. They don't have a lot of equipment. They do worship 9 a.m. live in the room. They record it. And then after worship is over, they immediately take the sermon, maybe a song, a couple of announcements, uh, do a very quick, very rough kind of quick edit, and then they upload it and it's online by 11 a.m. So you can either come to the nine in person or you do the 11 o'clock online and you don't even have to worry about live streaming and all the challenges that come with that or having a big crew. Yeah. That kind of and so, and all three of these got um, products are going to be that condensed built for online viewing, right? It's the same kind of thing. It's a, you know, they're 25, 30 minute service, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's one other thing, and I can't remember if I wrote about this in the book or I've just been talking about it uh, after I uh, finished the book, but I've also been encouraging churches to think about as a next phase of what we're doing, creating a curated experience of the the what you're doing as a live stream on Sunday. So take the entire hour and pull out a few pieces and edit that together. And what I've been encouraging churches to think about is to, instead of calling it a series, which is great language for the church, but not very great language for outsiders. When I watch a television series, it, that's the entire thing. Stranger Things is a series. Um, you know, uh, name whatever your favorite show is. That's a series, right? Uh, but what they do is they do seasons and episodes. So hmm. what if we took a six week series and we called it a season and there are six episodes in that season, you can take what you've already done. I mean, you could have preached it a year ago and take out the sermon and take out a couple little pieces that set it all up. You could even record a new intro outro and put together a 25 minute episode. And that means that if somebody finds you on episode three and they're like, man, this was so good. I'm going to go back and watch episode one and two. And I want to watch the next few. And then I guess the last thing I would say here is that I think it's also okay for us to do that as an entry point. And at the end of your 25 minute experience say, Hey, if you've never worshiped with us in person, we worship every week and we worship for a whole hour and it's a little bit different experience, but there are other people that you can meet. We have a great community. Uh, you know, we, we have a great time together and we would invite you to come be a part of that as well. Good. That's good. So there's, so there's pros and cons with each one of these options. Absolutely. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's depending on the church and and you know what your investment capabilities are you know the the pre-service is obviously you're going to need to or the pre-recorded one you're going to need to pre-record everything pre-record the message yep. and and then edit it and put it out so yeah there's you, you talk about it in the book all the deep you know some of the details of you know maybe this didn't work for you then let's consider this this other one yeah. so that was really i thought that was really cool yeah, good deal. Thank you. Yeah, all right. So, guys, we're out of time here, but uh, we need to have you back on again, Jason, if you'll. I'll be happy to come back. We can move forward here. So, the book is Both And. Got it right that time, didn't I? There you go. Both And, Maximizing Hybrid Worship Experiences for In-Person and Online Engagement. Jason Moore has been our guest today. Jason, how can people get a hold of you? 
Uh, well, I'm at midnightoilproductions.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash midnightoilproductions. I'm on Instagram, midnightoilprod, I believe. I don't think I can get all the way to deductions. Uh, but those are those are always and and I guess if you if you'd like to email me you can email me at mail m a i l at midnightoilproductions.com and uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have or or help yeah. if I can. All right, good deal, great, awesome. Well, this has been really good, and uh, I think a lot of people get get uh, a lot out of what you've just said here. And it sounds like a great book. I have read it, sorry, but um, that's Steve, okay. Steve, I haven't I haven't read it either. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. I read yours and Nona Jones' both books. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, we're out of time. Uh, folks, um, thank you for being with us. And, and Jason, again, thank you for spending some time with us today. Thanks sure, for the invitation. You. Yeah. Pre- appreciate it very much. Uh, Steve Lacey, thank you as always for your uh, input. I'm glad to be here. All right. It's one of my favorite is... topics. This is a good one. Yeah. It is a good topic. It's a very important topic, too. And maybe next time we'll have you on, we'll talk a little bit about the future. Jason, maybe you can uh, give us some insight on that. So, folks, most of all, thank you for listening or watching to the Church Solutions Podcast. Be sure and subscribe to us. And uh, wherever you get your podcast, just look for Church Solutions Podcast. We've been doing this for a long time. We'd love to have you as one of our subscribers. Give us a rating. And if we can help you in any way, you can always reach out to us. Support at streamingchurch.tv and we'll be happy to help you. So that's it for today. We'll catch you next time on another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. Please take care of yourselves and each other.